Welcome and thanks for joining us on the podcast. Now let's join Sam Harris for his message. How you doing today, family? Awesome. Hey, it's good to be in church this morning, isn't it? As Ms. Somerville introduced me before, my name's Sam Harris. I'm the youth director here at Desert Life. It's awesome to work with the youth here at Desert Life Church, and it's awesome to be here this morning. I'm going to share a word with you this morning, and I wonder if you would entertain what I have to say. I do have a quick announcement that I would like to make specific to my field. As I'm the youth director, I hang out with people between the years range 6 to 12 with your youth, and we have an awesome time out the back on Friday nights. And this next next week, the 22nd, which is a Monday, is the beginning of our youth camp. Awesome. It's the beginning of our youth camp. We are having a youth camp here. Well, we're actually going out to Ross River, and we're going to be away for two nights from the 22nd to the 24th, which is a Wednesday And if you're a youth between years 6 and 12 and you have not registered for youth camp yet, there is still time. I want every youth who possibly can make it to come. So if you haven't registered, please come uh, and see me or my beautiful wife, Haley, after the service today. We'll get you registered. We will uh, get that organized, and that'll be awesome. Amen? Amen? Great. I want to share a word with you this morning. I've been praying over this word this week. I believe mightily that God's going to speak and move this morning. I want to share a word with you. If you brought your Bibles, whether that be paperback, hardback, imitation leather, leather bound, or electronic, why don't you grab it? Specifically, if you have an electronic copy that's an Apple device, that's awesome. But hey, all the devices, all the other devices will work too. Why don't you open up your word this morning? Why don't you open up your Bible this morning? If you don't have one, the scriptures are going to be on the screen in just a few moments. But why don't you open up to Matthew, that's the first book in the New Testament, chapter 14. Once you found it, if you've got a cool ribbon like I do, like this, why don't you slip that in the centerfold and close it? We'll get to it in just a minute. I just want to get you prepared. But Matthew chapter 14 is where we're going to start. And I want to share a quick story with you um, this morning. Like Mez said before, on the walls, as you look around, we see Connect, Grow, Serve, Flourish, Lead, Influence. These are our values. It's our heart. Obviously, Jesus is the center of what we do here, but those values reflect the heart of Jesus, and they've become a bit of a mantra, or or they've become our vision um, to what we do here at Desert Life Church. And I want to share a quick story around that service and that connection, and just the whole uh, the whole culture around here as a church family. You know, I lived uh, I've lived all around the world. Um, me and my family have moved a lot because of my dad's work, and uh, we lived in the States about five years ago, in the United States of America, about five years ago, and we were part of a church family there. Ironically, the story I'm about to share about our church's Connect Growing, Serving, Flourish, Leading Influence is actually not about our church at all, but I want to share really quickly this thought. I remember uh, serving at the church that we were at in America, and I remember me and my best friend Casey were hanging out walking around uh, during church time, finding things to do. And I remember one time being called into the kids' uh, department, the kids' area. Man, we got we to gotta thank our kids' workers because they do an amazing job. And I remember being called into this kids' area uh, to help out in there. Me, Casey, me and Casey went in there, and we were talking to the, the workers in there, and we were helping out. 
And I remember there was this one lady there, and this lady was, um, she was doing something that I am dreading to do. In just under a month, just a month's time, Haley, Haley, you see Haley here, she led worship this morning. She's the one with the growth on the front of her. (laughs) And in a month's time, we're expecting our baby boy, and... I'm do- and this lady was doing something that I am dreading the day I have to do this. She was changing a diaper. She's changing a nappy. For you Aussies, it's a nappy. She was changing a nappy. And this lady, uh, she's a saint in the church, been there for a long time. But she serves week in and week out. Every single Sunday, she is serving in the kids' department. And I was talking to her. Um, it was a bit awkward because she's changing a diaper. But I was talking to her. And she was telling me that because she serves so much in the life of the church, it's hard for her to get out here on a Sunday and connect with God because she doesn't get to come out and worship. She doesn't get to hear the word. So she says she has to improvise. She has to talk to God, speak to God, pray, ask God for things. Sometimes she says she does silly things like say, oh, Lord, when's that cruise ship ticket coming for being the number one volunteer of the year? Oh, God, when are the blessings coming down? She's, she says all these things while she does these monotonous tasks. And she says, one time, though, she experienced this amazing encounter with God. She said as she was changing a diaper, again, I'm not looking forward to it. She says that she's changing this diaper. She was talking to God. And she said to God, you know, God, while I'm doing this monotonous task, why don't you just come down here and take this from me? And she said for the first time ever, she heard God say something audibly to her just as I'm speaking to you now. She said she heard God very clearly say this, I am the Lord your God. I change not. (laughs) Awesome, why don't you grab your word out? That has nothing to do with anything. I just wanted to share that this morning. Why don't you pull your Bible out? We're in Matthew 14. By whatever means you're going to read scripture this morning. Why don't you pull that out? We are going to read. It's going to be up on the screen. Matthew 14. I'm going to quickly read. We're going to pray really quick, and then we're going to divulge, if that's even a good word to use, what God's going to say this morning. Matthew 14 says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. 23, after he dismissed the crowd, he went up onto a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it shortly before dawn jesus went out to them walking on the lake when the disciples saw him walking on the lake they were terrified it's a ghost they cried and and they cried out in fear but jesus immediately said to them take courage it is i don't be afraid Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus simply says, come. And Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out, grabbed his hand, caught him and said, you a little faith, Peter, why did you doubt? And they climbed back into the boat and the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Let's pray. Father, thanks for this time we get together, Lord. I pray that these words would impact lives this morning. I pray to see transformation, salvation. I pray to see people set free in Jesus' name. Amen. 
I'm going to drink some water, if you bear with me for a second. Also, many of us may have read or heard this passage before. It's extremely common. It's uh, well known. I want to share a bit of context behind it this morning before we get into the meat of it. You see, right now, Jesus is mourning. His cousin, the weird guy who ate locusts and honeycomb, John the Baptist, has just been killed. And Jesus has just heard about it. And he's sad. He's mourning. He goes away to be by himself so that he can pray, so he can mourn, so he can just spend a little bit of time by himself. Who knows that when you want to spend a little bit of time by yourself, though, that it never actually works out you being by yourself because there's always an interruption. I want to share this morning... I have a bit of a, how do you say, poison of choice in the non-alcoholic reference. I, when I want to be alone, when I want to relax, when I want to take it easy, I go into a room in my house and I shut the door and I spend time in that room doing something I love very much. I build Lego. Yeah, come on, come on. I have a room, would you believe it, in my house that is called the Lego Room. My beautiful wife let me have a Lego Room. I love Lego. If any any of you know me well, you know I love Lego. And, and, And to be more specific, it's Star Wars Lego. You'll not see any other Lego in my house. It's Star Wars Lego. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not ashamed to share this. This is my passion, my love. I love to build Lego, but I don't play with Lego. You build Lego, and then you display Lego. And I have... This Lego room in my house. And when I want to be alone, I go into the Lego room and shut the door. And when I'm in the Lego room, you don't come in the Lego room. Does that make sense? When I'm in the Lego room, you don't come in the Lego room because I am relaxing. I'm taking time for myself to relax in the Lego room. And you know, Jesus didn't have a Lego room, but... Jesus goes away, and he wants to be alone. And the funny thing about wanting to be alone is that there's always an interruption. Jesus gets interrupted here by a crowd of people. Just like I'm about to be interrupted tomorrow, my mother-in-law comes from Tasmania to Alice Springs. And guess which room she's staying in? She's staying in the Lego room, in my room, not the baby's room, the baby that's not even born yet, in the Lego room. There isn't even room in that room. But anyways, that's the only mother-in-law joke I'm ever allowed to say, Haley said, so I, I thought I'd use it now. So just like I'm about to be interrupted tomorrow, Jesus was interrupted while he was spending time by himself. And he wasn't interrupted by his mother-in-law. He was interrupted. He didn't have a mother-in-law. But he was interrupted by not one person, but uh, 5,000 people. He was interrupted by a crowd. In fact, the Bible says 5,000 men. So let's assume a lot of them are married. Let's assume a lot of them have kids. So we're talking 10,000-ish people interrupt Jesus in his quiet time. And so Jesus is talking to these people. He's preaching. He, He sees an opportunity, and he's very strategic, and he begins to minister to these people. That's a good message in itself. And when you want to be alone and you get interrupted, 
you should always have time for other people. Because that relationship is important. But Jesus here is interrupted. He takes advantage of that opportunity. And he begins to minister to these people. And as he's ministering, I don't know, maybe he was running over time or something. But people were starting to get a bit restless. His disciples came up and said, yo, Jesus... People are getting hungry. People are getting restless. What do we do? So Jesus said, okay, why don't you go down to Coles, pick up some dinner rolls and some sardines. No, he didn't say that. But he said, go out and find some food. They went out, found a boy who had some bread rolls and some sardines, some fish. And he takes it. The disciples take it to Jesus, give it to Jesus and say, Jesus, here's the food. And Jesus puts it up in the air. I imagine, when I'm reading this, I imagine that he's holding, it's like holding Simba up um, in The Lion King. Mufasa's holding Simba up. Jesus is holding up the bread and the fish. And, and Jesus says, in the name of Dad, me, and my best friend, multiply in Jesus' name. And the food multiplies. That was a lot funnier in my head. And, <laughs> and the food multiplies. They feed the several thousand people. And then Jesus wraps up the sermon and goes. And this is the point of the story that we come in, that we join. Verse 22, I'm going to read again. It says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Who here goes up to Mount Gilead and prays on a regular basis? No hands. He withdrew by boat. Oh, sorry, wrong uh, Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves, because the wind was against it. And this is where we come in. Uh, Reading that scripture the first time, it says in that verse, in verse, uh, it says there in verse 24, the, the boat was a considerable distance from land, and it says it was buffeted by the waves. Now, the first time I read that, I read buffeted by the waves. And I was like, man, it's a seafood buffet. That's awesome. No, but that word, I had to look it up to get a better understanding. And the funny thing, or the the great thing about the uh, Gospels, is that if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you read that the same story is often repeated from a different point of view. So it's great sometimes to go check out what the other scriptures has to say about the same situation. So I did. I went over to Mark, the next one over, Mark 47 and 48. Mark 6, 47 and 48, rather. You don't have to turn to that. It's going to be up on the screen in a sec. But Mark 6, 47 and 48 says this. It says, Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake. And Jesus, he was alone in the, on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. So that same interpretation, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it, and straining at the oars, which is where I want to pause and reflect for a sec. The disciples, these average everyday Joes, these guys who got picked up by Jesus, these tax collectors, these fishermen, these average guys with regular occupations, picked up by Jesus, commissioned to do work with Jesus. And here they are rowing a boat across a sea without Jesus. And the Bible says they were straining at the oars. Let me put it to you like this. We all encounter storms in life. And right now the disciples are encountering a storm. The disciples are faced 
with waves and wind and lightning and thunder. They're encountering storms that they can't persist through. They're struggling and straining at the, at the oars. We all encounter storms. Some of us, those storms look like financial problems. Some of us, that's in our marriage or in our relationships. Some of us, that's drugs, alcohol, pornography. Some of us, that's issues with our anger. Some of us, that's, it's, it's a whole range of situations that we face as human beings because none of us are subject to life without storms. You know, at the beginning of every single one of our services, we provide an opportunity to pray for one another. We say, throw your hand in the air if you want prayer, if you're going through something that you need prayer for. And the reality is, is every single one of us could put our hands up, couldn't we, and say that there's something going on in our lives that we could use God's intervention in. And I'll tell you now, if you're saying there's nothing going on in my life that I don't need God's intervention in, then you need God in your life. Because that's the truth. We all encounter storms. We'll continue reading on. Matthew 14, verse 25. Got to turn back. It says this, shortly before dawn, Jesus, he's still on the mountainside. It says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went walking out on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost. They cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It's I. Don't be afraid. Peter just has a very bold statement here. He said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. It's so funny how when there are things going on in our lives, God calls us out to do something. God calls us out amongst our storms. I'll share a story with you. Me and uh, Haley got married a year and a half ago. And at the time, I was doing an electrical apprenticeship. I absolutely loved that job. Absolutely loved every second of it. I never complained about anything at all to do with that job. I went home every day. I was happy. I was learning awesome new things. I may have done some things that I shouldn't do by doing some self-installs, but... I absolutely loved that job with a passion. I don't know what it was. I just loved it. It was great for me with hands-on work, and I loved it. And then the night Haley and I went out with Pastor Ben for coffee, we're sitting there signing our intent to marry forms. It was one month uh, to our marriage. And Pastor Ben said this statement that changed the course of history forever for me and Haley. He said, it's a shame... That what happened to you happened to you, Sam. Because if things had been done right, I would see you working with the youth right now. And I felt like I just hit a brick wall at 100 miles an hour. Because I never even thought, never even fathomed, wasn't even my heart's desire to work with the youth at that stage. Because I've been through some some stuff in life. And uh, I wasn't a part of church life anymore. I, I was attending church, and, and I was here on Sundays, but I wasn't a part in any capacity. I didn't serve in any capacity in church life. Pastor Ben says to me, Sam, it's a shame that you're not a part of church life anymore because I would have seen you doing this work for the kingdom of God. And I kind of walked away from that looking at Haley going, holy smokes, I want to go work in youth ministry now. <laughs> And we walked away from that. Um, I 
called Text Pastor Ben. Some of you have heard the story before. And we caught up again a few times over the next month before we left. We got married, came back, and had a bunch more meetings. And here we are today, pastoring the youth here at the church. But the journey from doing what I was doing to then being confronted by Pastor Ben to then now being where we're at was a storm for me. There was nothing that was harming me. It wasn't hurting me. There was a bit of a battle within, but I loved the work that I was doing. And God called me out and said, Sam, this is what I want you to do. And you know, it doesn't matter what that storm looks like to you. It could be something that's painful. It could be something that's hard. Or it could be something as great as having two possible jobs like I had. And yet there's still a battle within. God calls us out amongst the storms that are going on in our lives. Can someone say amen? Amen. Keep reading on. Matthew 14. I'm going to start at 29. We're going to reread that. This is the bold Peter. I'll tell you, I reckon Peter definitely knew it was Jesus because the Bible says that the disciples thought it was a spirit or a ghost. And then Jesus called out and said, oh, it's me. Don't worry. I'll tell you, if I didn't think it was Jesus and Jesus said, come out on the water. I would be like, Mm-mm, not happening with me because I wouldn't want to be falling in the water in a storm. Verse 29, come, Jesus said. Peter got down out of the boat. He was walking on water. He became the second person ever to walk on water. And he came towards Jesus. Verse 30 says this, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out, grabbed his hand, caught him, pulled him back, said, Peter, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Verse 32, and they climbed into the boat and the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. So we've already looked and seen that we encounter storms in our life just simply through the parallel aspect of this story. We all encounter storms in our lives. We all encounter obstacles. We all encounter challenges in life. Some that's big, for some that's, it might not seem so big. We know that we are called out by God in the midst of those storms. And lastly, we see here that when you take your eyes off of Jesus, you sink. I think about a, uh, you know, the classic uh, illustration of you're riding a bike for the first time. You don't know how to ride a bike. Your parents are, 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 are teaching you how to ride a bike. And they put you on the bike. Maybe you don't got the training, well, you don't got the training wheels anymore because you got to make this illustration interesting. And you push your child along the way. And you're holding on to them and, and they're excited and they're happy. But at the same time, they're worried. Don't let go. Don't let go. And then... The dad or the mom lets go, and the kid's gone off by themselves. I, I think of that illustration when I think of this. Peter here is stepping out of the boat. He steps out onto the water. He's probably really freaking out because walking on water is not a normal thing. I don't know if anyone here walks on water, but walking on water is not exactly a normal activity. And Peter steps out very skittishly onto the water, And he walks 
on water. And he looks up and he sees Jesus in front of him. And Jesus is probably all lit up because he's God and everything. So he's like, yeah. And he's all lit up and it's exciting. And Jesus is looking, or Peter is looking at Jesus. And then all of a sudden, out of the corner of Peter's eye, there's a lightning bolt. And he hears the crack of the, he hears the crack of the lightning. He hears the thunder. And he walks into the water. He walks on water and he falls down because he takes his eyes off of Jesus. He gets distracted by the storm that's on around him in spite of the fact that Jesus is standing right in front of him. In spite of the fact that he's walking on water because of Jesus and he gets distracted. Don't take your eyes off of Jesus. I've got a video I want to show. I wonder if we could dim the lights. I've got a video I want to show. I wonder if over the next few minutes as we watch this video, as we listen, it's actually a song. As we listen to the lyrics of the song, I wonder if you would just deep down reflect inside now on that fact that we all encounter storms in life. Maybe think about what your storm is. Maybe think about what's going on in your life. And I wonder now if you would just think on these words.
I have this verse stamped on my arm. This verse says Isaiah 41.10. And that says, plain and simply, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I'll strengthen you, I'll help you, and I'll hold you with my righteous right hand. You know, that verse reflects the heart of the God that we serve. The God who calls us out amongst our storms, in spite of the fact that we have storms, challenges, obstacles in our lives. I wonder if you could stand with me this morning. I want to spend a bit of time now as we pray and and seek Jesus. A number of years ago, I was on a plane. I was in Atlanta with my family. I was on a plane and the beauty of being an odd number family, a family of seven, there's actually eight of us, but uh, my older brother had moved out so the beauty of being a family of seven on airplanes is someone's always got to sit with the stranger. Who here knows what I'm talking about? You got to sit with the stranger or families of one. Singles, you always got to sit with the stranger. And it was my duty as the eldest present to sit with the stranger. And normally it's not too bad. I don't mind it much. But I was sitting with this guy and he was talking to me. We got to talking because the plane had been delayed. We were sitting on the tarmac for about an hour and a half. It wasn't all that bad. It wasn't united, so no one got dragged off or hurt or anything. So it was okay. But we were sitting on the plane, on the tarmac. Weather was a bit iffy, so we were just waiting. And this guy I was sitting next to struck up a conversation with me, and it just so happened this guy was a CEO of one of the big phone companies in the States, kind of like Telstra bless their souls, here are the big phone company in the States. There's like five or six of them. And he was the CEO of one of them. I don't remember which one now. And I was talking to this guy and and, uh, and, he, and he gave me his phone and he said, hey, you can call whoever you want. He heard that I was from Australia. I said, hey, we were living here at Nellis at the time. And he said, hey, you can call whoever you want. I get international free calls. I quickly devised that it's late here or early. So that didn't work out. But I was talking to this guy he said to me, Sam, are you a Christian? I said, well, yes, I am. I go to church my whole life. My family's gone to church their whole lives. He said, I want, can I share a story with you? And I said, sure. And he said, a number of years ago, he was, uh, he had to catch a flight to make a plane to, uh, to somewhere. He, well, he was, yeah, he had to go and catch a flight to get to his appointment, to his meeting for this phone company. And he gets up, gets dressed, gets a taxi, and heads to the airport. He misses his flight. And so he calls up and says that the the meeting's going to have to be delayed, canceled, moved to a different time. He went home, he unpacked, and sat down and turned the TV on. And the flight number that he was supposed to catch was on the screen. It had flown into the first Twin Tower in New York. He had missed the flight that would have changed his life. It would have ended his life forever. Absolutely 100% true story. I sat with this guy and he shared with me that he missed the plane that flew into the first World Trade Center. And he said, that's why you need Jesus. Because you don't know when your last is going to be your last. We hope you have been encouraged by this message. For more information, check out our website at desertlifechurch.org.